The weather is heating up and the schools are letting out, which means many Hoosiers are planning and packing for their summer vacations. If you're one of those people searching for a destination with beaches, state parks, festivals, big cities, or small towns, you probably won't have to look far. Many of these places could be just down the road. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, and today on Noon Edition, we'll speak with tourism representatives from northern, central, and southern Indiana about what their regions offer summer tourists. Where is your favorite place to visit in Indiana? We want to know, and we invite you to join the conversation after this hour's news. Production support comes from School of Public Health Bloomington, Public Health Reimagined, addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life. publichealth.indiana.edu. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times. Memorial Day marked the unofficial beginning of summer, and now many Indiana communities are gearing up for tourism season. Hoosiers and visitors alike will enjoy state parks, lakes, festivals, and concerts over the next few months. And today we're going to speak with uh, tourism representatives from around the state about what their communities have planned for this summer. We have four guests joining us today. In the studio, we have Jane Ellis, the executive director of the Brown County Convention and Visitors Bureau, Aaron Erdman, who is the director of convention sales and travel media for Visit Bloomington, Chris Gall is joining us by phone. He's Vice President of Marketing and Communications for Visit Indy. And Robbie Barris is Marketing Manager for the Northern Indiana Tourism Development um, Commission. So we're going to be talking with those four people, and you can join us too. We'd like to hear what your favorite uh, places are in Indiana. You can give us a call at 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or 1-877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. And you can follow us on Twitter at noon edition. So thank you all for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's a beautiful day outside. At least it was when we came in. We (laughs) hope it stays that way. So uh, I want to start uh, by talking with uh, our guests here uh, who are on the phone. I'll start with Chris and and Robbie and just talk about, um, you know, Visit Indy and the northern Indiana area and, you know what? What makes you know? What do you think makes Indiana unique when it comes to to people visiting? And I guess this really is for all four of you. Who wants to go? How about Robbie? Do you want to go first? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Uh, really, what I think uh, Indiana really stands out is we kind of have a very laid back, family centered culture and really authentic experiences that you can't always find everywhere else. And a lot of the people that, especially for the north. Um, I know a lot of our people that come visit really enjoy just uh, take a time out, relax, get away from the city like Chicago or Indy, and they just enjoy the more simple, laid-back lifestyle. And I just think we have a lot to offer and uh, regarding that. Mm-hmm. So do you get a lot of visitors from Chicago to the you know the outlying counties there? Yeah, because we're only like where our – uh, territory starts only like an hour away from Chicago all the way up to, I think, our farthest point, two and a half hours. So it's a really easy weekend getaways where we just take a time, relax, get away from the hustle and bustle of the city, go chill at the lakes, go see the dunes, and uh, just take a break from it all. Yeah, so it's interesting because, you know, all four of you in a way have different, you know, you represent different areas of the state of Indiana, but you have different areas where you draw from. Uh, Chris, I would think Visit Indy would draw from a different a different um, clientele or a different group of people than some of the than you know the other three in here to a degree. Um, so what's you know what's your strategy? Yeah, sure. So thanks, Bob. Sixty-two mm-hmm. percent of our summer travel actually comes from Chicago, so that's a key market for us. Mm-hmm. It's a market that continues to grow. Uh, that's followed closely by Louisville, Cincinnati. Uh, we will also um, draw from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, those living in Fort Wayne have traditionally made the, the uh, painless trip down to, to see the capital city. And, and, you know, as I reflect on 
how Indiana as a whole is doing in the in the tourism realm, it, it's it's no secret we're we're competing as a state for adjacent states. Uh, you look at Pure Michigan having $26 million to conduct its Pure Michigan campaign. The, the state of Indiana and our tourism agency uh, has a relatively uh, shallow budget as it relates to this um, adjacent state. So each of our own communities really have to beef up our efforts and work collectively to, to draw on visitors from uh, across the Midwest. And it's, it's tourism industry is, is very competitive, and especially during the summer months when that disposable income and, and families are looking to uh, to make uh, zip trips around the Midwest. So it's a competitive industry. So, um, Chris, how does Indiana's funding compare to that $26 million for Pure Mission? Uh, we, uh, the state of Indiana as a whole is operating on a $2.5 million to maybe $3 million uh, budget with some new financing that came through before the General Assembly um, um, came out of session. So you can, you can see when you compare... Three million to, to twenty-five to twenty-six million. It's it's a drop in the bucket to to invite those from around the country to come visit your state. And uh, I think we're an underdog, though. Uh, we we are a, a state replete with hidden jewels and gems. You know, when you look at Brown County, uh, when you look at, at uh, certainly Bloomington, uh, the dunes and and the the uh, it's almost like an ocean, right, with climbing the dunes and peering out over Lake Michigan. So we have a lot to offer. It's just really. Our fight is to, to get more funding so that we can collectively tell that image, uh, image story and have people come and check into our bed and breakfast and hotels and, and spend money. All right. So uh, Jane Ellis from Brown County and Aaron Erdman from Bloomington, Visit Bloomington, are both in here with us uh, now. So Chris was talking about Brown County and about Bloomington. Jane, uh, Brown County, of course, is, gets a lot of national press from time to time. So what have you gotten recently? Uh, recently, we were just voted uh, by the Smithsonian Magazine of one of the, the 20 places to visit, mm-hmm. and we're real happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and our visitation is about the same, not as much from Chicago, but we do pull from the Chicago area as well. Mm-hmm. So in the fall, when you're at your busiest, and I know summertime is busy too, and you have some business around Christmas time, and you're kind of busy all year, but the fall, of course, is the, the really big season. So you know, where do all your visitors come from in the fall? <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah, we're inundated with, with people from all over, and we have a lot of even high school sporting events that take place in the fall mm-hmm. that bring in, you know, close-by areas as far as – Cincinnati is always a big draw for us as well. Mm-hmm. And what about this summer? Do you have anything special planned in Brown County? You know, Juan, I was thinking about on the way over here, and we kicked our festival season off in March, mm-hmm. and we are in full swing. We've got the John Hartford Festival going on this weekend, and there is a festival almost every month going on with the Playhouse, the changes with their um, programming have offered a variety of shows from movies to musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got a lot going on. All right. And Erin, you're, uh, you're, you're the fourth person to speak today. So, um, of course, Bloomington, Monroe County, uh, the whole idea of uh, Visit Bloomington, you've kind of rebranded a little bit in the last few years. But, of course, you know, I live here. I know what Bloomington has to offer. What, sure. what would you tell anybody out there that might not have been here for a while? Well, people that are seeking a, a unique downtown area that's a little bit smaller and, and more quaint than, than our state's capital um, find that Bloomington is a great a great place to be. The lake, um, Indiana, our largest lake is Lake Monroe, so lots and lots of boat travelers coming past the visitor center heading to the lake every weekend. Um, The downtown area and the lake, I would say, are our two biggest um, opportunities to promote the area. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, If you want to join our conversation, 812-855-0811 in Bloomington, 1-877- 285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area, Bloomington area, and you can call us or, or uh, join our live chat, wfiu.org slash Noon Edition, or you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. Now, Aaron, you mentioned, uh, you know, there are, a lot, there are some real standing things that go on here, downtown square, the lake, but I know there's a lot of programming that happens in the summertime in Bloomington in particular. It seems like there's a festival here about every weekend, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, next weekend, our big festival um, kicks off with the Limestone Comedy Festival. June is Limestone Month in Bloomington. Also, we celebrate the Limestone heritage and, and just all of the amazing things that Limestone has brought to our community. Um, and then in the middle of the month, we are going to be having our annual Taste of Bloomington with Arts Fair on the Square, uh, which really feels like the official kickoff to summer, you know, always celebrated around the summer solstice. Mm -hmm. Right. Those are both uh, good events. And I know, um, you know, there are a lot of, 
restaurants are a big deal, so the taste of Bloomington is always a, a big thing. Oh, sure. It's a great opportunity for people to get out and experience lots of different types of restaurants, uh, you know, maybe not feeling comfortable enough to go enjoy a full meal at a restaurant, but get a feel for something, a small taste when they're at the taste. Right. So, you know, we can't do a tourism show this this year without bringing up, I, I apologize in advance, without bringing up the RIFRA and what the state went through in the legislature. And I know, I know Chris, you in particular were uh, quoted quite a bit around about, um, you know, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and what that might have done to Indiana's image and to the potential for hurting us in terms of tourism. So now that we're a couple of months beyond it, you know, what's the fallout been? Well, I'll tell you what, it, we, we are actually in the field now with some perception studies. We are canvassing residents in Chicago and Louisville and Cincinnati and also meeting planners, those who plan Please, Chris. mega conventions in D.C. and, mm-hmm. and uh, Chicago to ask their opinion on what the mm-hmm. perception of Indianapolis is. Um, what three words would you use to describe Indianapolis? Have you traveled here in the last 12 months? If not, why not? And so we're anxious to get those results and to see if that four-letter word comes up in services again. Uh, we believe that in the long term we'll rally and, and certainly move past this. We had two conventions that initially canceled that we clawed back through the amendment of RFRA. We did, though, however, receive more than 1,000 emails from individual consumers from across the country who said, we were planning a trip to Indianapolis, but because of the state law, and even in its amendment form, we no longer want to travel. So it's hard to put an economic impact to that. Uh, We know there were 3,500 negative news stories about boycotting Indiana and travel to Indianapolis in particular. So we feel in six months after the fact, in, in September, when we look at hotel occupancy and the, the busy time for us in the, in the summer travel season to see how we look and, and how demand for Indianapolis compares to last year. But as a whole, we, we feel we've weathered the storm and, and are hopeful we can uh, stay on the right course here and, and keep uh, with the mantra that, uh, that Indiana welcomes all. I think uh, Indianapolis has really emerged in recent years as, you know, not just a, I mean, not necessarily, well, a tourism destination, but more than that, a convention city. And you attract a lot of very large conventions and, and large meetings. I mean, who, who uh, can you, do you have like a, a group of cities that you feel like you compete with most of the time? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 40% of our uh, spending comes from convention delegates, and uh, we compete daily with Denver, San Antonio, Chicago, even Orlando. Uh, and sometimes uh, New York and, and Boston for these large mega citywide conventions. And it's, it's a very competitive industry. It's one that is how many square feet of convention space and how many hotel rooms do you have. And on average, these convention delegates are spending nearly $180 per day per person. And uh, that's slightly above the, the industry standard. So we, we love our conventions, and it's, but it is competitive like, like everyone in all tourism uh, business. But it's certainly something we, we've been hanging our hat on, sports tourism and conventions as a whole. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I want to ask uh, you know, all of you about the, the importance of tourism. I mean, sometimes I think um, uh, Hoosiers, I mean, let's just point to the, the amount of money that the legislature provides uh, to Indiana for tourism. I mean, it's not seen by some in the state as a high priority. I mean, why should, why should Hoosiers care so much about tourism? And let's start with uh, Robbie first. Well, I believe tourism does have a huge impact on this area. And obviously, um, us in the north, we are border pure Michigan, who just eclipses our budget. And to a degree, it's laughable at some point. But we have to constantly fight at that and be able to get our image out there. And we've come up with more creative ideas. Uh, last year, we had a Northern Indiana Burger Wars competition, which was voted on. We had over 60,000 votes. And the restaurants involved where the, the locals were picking, you know, picking the best burgers in the counties. And the burger places that were involved have seen sales of increases over 200% uh, a year after the competition. And people are driving from Chicago, Detroit, Indianapolis to try these burgers and are just loving it, and the restaurant owners love it. And it's just an example of the impact we can have on our local community. I know uh, also in the north we've been doing a lot of business with the downtown communities and refurbishing them and really making it a place that people are proud to live in and people love to come visit. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have a pizza wars going on now? Yes, we're actually in the second round. And as I said, we had 60,000 votes in last year's Burger Wars competition. It was super successful. This year, we are the second day into the second round, and we already have 58,000 votes. 
And wow. so we're extremely happy. If you guys want to go out and look at the competition, you can uh, visit our Facebook page at Visit Northern Indiana. There's a link to all seven brackets going on right now. Okay. All right. I think some people, they're nodding their heads in here, so we may be looking at that. that great idea. <laughs> that idea. Yeah, so. people get very passionate about their pizza. That's true. All right. Um, so... Uh, Jane and, and Aaron, again, the, the overriding question of, you know, why should the state invest in tourism? I mean, um, Chris mentioned some big numbers in Indianapolis. Are those those kind of numbers things that, that we can capitalize on here in Bloomington and Brown County? Aaron? Uh, yeah, I mean, tourism is a major industry in Monroe County. Um, we generate about $325 million in economic output each year, and it provides more than 7,000 jobs to uh, Monroe County residents. That's very significant. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't argue the numbers. Right, right. Okay, Jane? Well, for Brown County, where would we be without tourism? Right. You know, that is our main industry. And we've seen a nice shift over the last, I'd say, 10 years to where mm-hmm. we're getting better jobs. For, for our residents mm-hmm. and as well as attract, attracting people to the state. Right. So have, have you seen, have, and this is actually for everybody, but you know, we went through uh, the recession, 2007, I guess, was the, the watershed year when things, the bottom kind of fell out. Have the tourism industry rebounded in good form? From the Brown County standpoint, we were able to be resilient and stay, managed to be okay through it. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of loyal visitors that we're very fortunate for, so it really didn't, I think people maybe stayed a little closer to home and mm-hmm. came to visit. And your, your visitors are going to be driving in. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Bloomington's kind of the same way. Um, Indiana University kind of really um, padded that the impact of the recession for us, but just personally, um, in my day-to-day interactions with my position, it's... We've definitely rebounded. We've we've seen increases in occupancy, increases in visitor spending. Um, it's it, people feel more comfortable, and and just with the gas prices being so much lower this year, um, I really think that that's going to make a, a big difference in right. in people's travel patterns. Okay, I think a lot of people believe tourism, rightfully so, is recession recession proof. And to the earlier point, you know, these zip trips, the idea that consumers, maybe someone living in Chicago is debating going to Florida with the family and or uh, keeping it more affordable and, and heading into the, uh, the state of Indiana. So we were certainly able to, to claw away uh, market share and, and really stay, stay healthy during the recession. And it's, you know, the, the drivability of getting to Indianapolis and for that matter, uh, Indiana as a whole keeps us as one of those key drive-in markets for uh, surrounding states. Mm-hmm. So we have a question now from somebody who is following us on Twitter who asks, how does visual art, design, and architecture impact tourism in Indiana? So who wants to tackle that one first? Probably talk a little bit about our arts trail. Yeah, Yeah. the Arts Road 46, which is a collaboration between Bloomington, Columbus, and Brown County, uh, celebrating the 40 miles of uh, winding road of Indiana 46, uh, connecting our three destinations. We're we're also unique with the architecture in Columbus and and the artist colony in Brown County and and in Bloomington with all of the arts offerings. Um, Museums, galleries, restaurants can even be considered an art. Um, We've found a lot of success in that in that partnership mm-hmm. we have we've also all three of us have received the cultural designation from the state <clears throat> as a cultural district um, from that for Brown County we actually last year installed I, I want to say five different pieces of public art uh-huh. that has been very well received right. That's awesome I mean the Indiana uh, the IU Art Museum will be cel- celebrating their 75th anniversary in 2016 so I think that that speaks to the longevity um, of, of the arts mm-hmm. um, and its patronage from our our visitors and our residents. Mm-hmm. Chris and uh, Robbie, you want to handle that from the central and northern part? Well, I tell oh. you, from Indianapolis, we're quite envious <coughs> of, of the architectural delight of of uh, our neighbors uh, to the south there, specifically Columbus. And when you you know you're into Brown County and 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 down into Bloomington, it's just beautiful. It's 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 physically beautiful, right, with the rolling hills and and uh, the bed and breakfast uh, scene. So a uh, lot to be desired there. From, from the capital city standpoint, we're, we're really challenging our, um, our hoteliers to when we're putting on new hotel buildings, are there green roofs and are there places and spaces that allow a visitor to peer out over the city skyline and, and have more meaningful architecture because it's, it's something we've not really taken a, a full advantage of. So um, certainly in the mind of a visitor, we know they, they seek out those 
interesting places to to uh, to rest and, and stay with interesting stories and so to that end we're excited we're getting a 21c hotel which is mm-hmm. one of just a couple in the nation <laughs> that that puts 10,000 square feet of really unique art um, in its lobby and and uh, will be in our old historic um, um, building downtown which we're retrofitting for them so it's it's uh, uh, but again the the Columbus architecture we know people fly in from all over the country and and uh, take ground transportation down as quickly as possible uh, to, to see Columbus and the architecture. So we love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Robbie, how about uh, in, in the northern Indiana tourism area? I mean, I know that you know, your big competitor up there in Chicago has an architectural tour, and that's one of, mm-hmm. one of its claims to fame. So, Yeah, architecture is not one of our uh, big grasp, but the arts and crafts kind of area is because um, part of our region goes right through the heart of Amish country, and the Amish are synonymous with great handcraft furniture and different kinds of uh, art and designs like qu- homemade quilting. And uh, one of our very well-received uh, products is the Art and Earth Trail, which covers a seven-county loop and kind of breaks that up and shows you all the different artisans and everything that has uh, we have to offer and just really... Or, unique products that you're not going to find anywhere else and these are just mom and pop places that all have something unique that yeah like i said you're not going to find in the big cities and that's been very well received and people love traveling uh that trail to see all the different arts and crafts we have to offer you know robbie i probably should have asked you this along uh, you know er, very early in the program but for the northern indiana tourism development commission i mean what seven what counties are you involved with yeah we pretty much focus along the northern indiana toll road which we have porter laporte St. Joe, Elkhart, LaGrange, Kosciuszko, and Marshall. I see. In all seven counties, we are a cooperative group that make up Northern Indiana Tourism Development Commission. Okay. We're going to uh, have to take a short break now. We've got lots and lots of more uh, topics and issues we want to talk about in the second half of the program. Uh, we're talking with Jane Ellis, the Executive Director of the Brown County Convention of Visitors Bureau, Aaron Erdman, the Director of Convention Sales and Travel Media for Visit Bloomington, Chris Gall, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications for Visit Indy, and Robbie Barris, the Marketing Manager for the Northern Indiana Tourism Development Commission. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from IU School of Public Health Bloomington, online at publichealth.indiana.edu. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state each day. You can read news throughout the day as it's posted on our website at wfiunews.org. And you can pick up a digest of all the top stories. It's like a newspaper delivered to your inbox each afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of not only the headlines, but also the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't get anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIUNews.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg from the Herald Times, and uh, I'm speaking with four guests about tourism and uh, visiting Indiana and visiting various places in Indiana this year. Jane Ellis, the Executive Director of the Brown County Convention and Visitors Bureau. Aaron Erdman, the Director of Convention Sales and Travel Media for Visit Bloomington. Chris Gall is the Vice President of Marketing and Communications for Visit Indy. And Robbie Barris is also, he's the Marketing Manager for the Northern Indiana Tourism Development Commission. If you want to join us on the program, Please give us a call, 855-0811 in Bloomington. You'll need to use the 812 area code now, 812-855-0811 or 1-877-285-9348 if you're outside of the Bloomington area. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition, and you can follow us on Twitter at noon edition. I have a lot of questions, a lot of avenues I want to, to pursue, but if uh, you're out there listening and you're a caller and you want to just Give us a call and let us know about your favorite places to visit in Indiana and uh, about tourism in our state. We would sure like to hear from you. Uh, A couple of things came up in the first part of the program. One is um, both 
Robbie and um, Aaron and Jane talked about various trails in Indiana. And Chris, I know there are some you know trails you can do in Indianapolis, and I'm not talking about the Monon necessarily, but you know there are different kind of tours that you can do where you package a lot of things together. And I just want to talk about that as a concept and how that's going over. So the you know the Arts Trail that you talked about, right? Arts Road 46. Arts Road, yeah. So mm-hmm. that you can package that together, and then you can get visitors from all three. Yeah, three, so, cities, three cities, two lanes. One right. great, great time. time. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, Chris, what about in Indianapolis? Are there things like that that are packaged together? Yeah, sure. So we, we've launched in the last couple of years the Pete Dye Golf Trail. Mm-hmm. This is a collection Pete and Alice Dye handpicked on the request of Governor uh, Daniels uh, to pick seven courses that were designed by Pete and uh, package them together so a consumer can come and play golf. And they wind from up north near Culver all the way down into French Lick. And um, really a great example of how our tourism partners work together to to promote something that's emblematic of of, uh, tourism, and that's golf. We know that that attracts an affluent, travel-prone consumer. And so that package is alive and well, and that includes being able to play unique courses like the Brickyard with four holes inside the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And a lot of, you know, Pete Dye has more courses in the state of Indiana than any other state in the nation. So it's glad we're uplifting him. The other trail that we're really um, still riding the wave on is the cultural trail. Uh, You know, we removed a lane of vehicular traffic and replaced it with uh, eight miles of of dedicated uh, uh, trail. And we've got now our our bike share program with, with 25 different kiosks where you can rent a bike and uh, meander along uh, these urban trails to take you to different enclaves and, and, and neighborhoods where, where uh, you can step inside restaurants and boutiques and shops. So that's a trail we really, our hotels are getting behind. They're actually offering a lot of packages where you can check into a hotel and it'll come with a bike and a helmet and a map and you go out and explore. So those are the two that come to mind when we look at trails within uh, Indianapolis. Okay. Um, what about, isn't there a wine trail that some of the wineries are on? Yeah, the Indiana <coughs> Upland Wine Trail. Upland Wine Trail, and then Bloomington just launched a um, the Bloomington Ale Trail, which is mm-hmm. an opportunity to experience um, all of the breweries that are in Bloomington um, on, a, on a trail format. You don't have to go to all of them one night. Right? No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can, and yeah. and you can go on foot, which is really cool. Um, yeah. All of the breweries that are participating are within walking distance of each other, so it's it's a safe a safe opportunity to experience right. the brews. Yeah. Now wineries are wineries are big big business in tourism and I know that some of the Bloomington wineries in Brown County has wineries and what about you Robbie? Northern Indiana wines and beers up there? Are they a big seller? Uh, yeah, we have a few wineries in the area but it's really grown in popularity and it's really blown up as our breweries in the we have they're popping up all over South Bend, Elkhart, Michigan City and award winning uh, breweries at that, and we are actually in the process of putting together a brewery trail for next year, and uh, to really wrap this uh, whole experience up in one consumable package. But yeah, we're very proud of our breweries, and it's bringing in a great market, that younger market, uh, my market, and really <laughs> giving us uh, something to offer. Yeah, some of those old guys kind of like that market too. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I wanted to go back to. Uh, to something Chris said, because you mentioned the Pete Dye Golf Trail, and one of the things I wanted to ask about is the impact of something like the Senior PGA that was just in in French Lick and the national publicity that uh, that, that golf tournament got. It was on uh, for like three hours on Saturday afternoon and, and Sunday afternoon on NBC. <clears throat> it was on the, the Golf Channel and was in many newspapers around the country and around the world. Does that have a residual effect on the rest of your areas? I think so. Um, just I tuned in really quickly on Sunday for a little bit myself, and the vistas and the rolling hills that you could see in the background where the golfers, you know, were um, were teeing off was unbelievable. And I think that a lot of people have in their mind that perception that Indiana is just cornfields and completely flat. And and it is more flat in the northern part of the state. But once you get down to our area with, you know, Brown County and, and Bloomington and south of here, it's just gorgeous. So it, sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words. I think that that was a good, a good way to really... Uh, did, did you area. get many visitors either here or in Brown County that you can 
So. We didn't necessarily get any that we knew for sure that were there yeah. for that reason. Yeah. Well, French Lake's a pretty good destination in and of in itself. In itself, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. And and luckily, you have to go through Bloomington to get to French Lake. So, uh, <laughs> well, it depends on what direction you're coming right, from. Right, exactly. So, but we get a few, a few travelers. Right. Okay. Uh, again, our ph- phone numbers are 812 812-855-0811. And one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight, and you can join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. Um, Two thousand sixteen. Aaron already mentioned it for the seventy uh, fifth anniversary of the IU Art Museum. It's also the two hundredth birthday of the state of Indiana, and I wonder how that fits into travel and tourism uh, industry plans for well, it's next year. Mm-hmm. For next year. So, Chris, do you want to start on that? Yeah, I think there's an incredible opportunity to uh, to make sure that we uplift the entire state through through a tourism lens. And I know that the Bicentennial Commission, uh, they've been alive and well planning different tours and stops um, and, and, and programming to, to celebrate the Hoosier State. And I think it's incumbent on the on the travel and tourism industry to, to latch onto that and, and program around that and uh, look for ways to, to drive visitation, and especially if, if the, the, the state's tourism budget is not going to allow for much more wiggle room. So, um, boy, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, to, uh, to have that news peg, to invite reporters and travel journalists in to, to cover the state and the tourism and what to do and see centered around the big birthday. So it's, it's, uh, I think you'll see a lot of fairs and festivals and, and hopefully a lot of extra heads and beds when, when you look at ce- celebrating next year. Okay. The torch is going to be traveling through all 92 counties, and um, there is an opportunity for residents of each county to nominate um, individuals who they feel would be good representatives to carry the torch through through their individual community. So that's something that I would definitely encourage people to check out. And then the legacy projects that the committee has been working on with each county um, is also something that's really awesome. I know I talked with uh, Laura Newton from your office about the uh, Monroe County, some of Monroe County's plans, so I yeah. know that you're on top of that. So. Yes, Laura is handling that in our office. She's right. she's doing uh, a great job. Right, okay. Uh, Robbie, in northern Indiana, you think the Bicentennial is going to have a, an impact for you? Yeah, we do, but that's uh, actually a project I haven't worked too much with yet. Mm-hmm. It's more of the local CVBs have been uh, working with that and getting that all together, so I personally don't have a lot else extra to say that's already okay. said. Sure. All right. Uh, I want to give all of you the opportunity to, to talk about uh, places that you <laughs> like to visit, either in your own community or in another community that you that may be, you know, underreported on, you know, that places that you think are kind of special in Indiana that not everybody knows about. Well, I'll start. My favorite destination or attraction in Bloomington, I feel like, is a total hidden gem, is the Lilly Library. It's free admission. It's located in the Fine Arts Plaza on the campus of Indiana University. So it's right next to the Grunwald Gallery, which is inside the School of Fine Arts, the IU Art Museum, the IU Cinema, and the IU Auditorium. But the Lilly Library is just uh, an amazing treasure. It's, It's got... All manuscripts of all of the James Bond books, um, just really neat Batman comic books, cookbooks, just not a place that you would ever really think about, but a great place to go in the summer when you're trying to escape the heat and need a neat place to go, and it's free. Right. right. Okay. How about in Brown County? Uh, probably my favorite would be if you think about our studios that are out mm-hmm. in the back roads. People come and they want to see the scenic beauty, and they also are attracted to the handmade and the artist. Um, you know, you can take a drive out. A lot of people know about the story in. We've got the farmhouse cafe with, that's a nice little hidden restaurant. Um, but along the way, you can stop in and you see these artists in their homes making their their craft and selling it. So you really get to build a nice relationship with them as well. So you really get to feel a part of Brown County. Mm-hmm. Okay. Robbie, how about uh, in northern Indiana? Well, since we cover seven counties, it's hard to pick just one. But yeah, you can pick seven if you want. Much, <laughs> uh, it gets as much notoriety as I think it should is Culver, Indiana, in Marshall County. It's a really, really cool lake town. And it has the Pete Dye golf courses, as talked about earlier, and other great golf courses around the area. But it's um, several of the Indianapolis Colts have uh, homes on that lake. 
and it's just oh, such a nice community in the middle of nowhere. Great restaurant, the famous Culver Military Academy, which is just a breathtaking architectural campus. Um, and that, that's just something that doesn't get as much recognition that a lot of people from uh, out of town, especially city people, love to go and just uh, get a breath of fresh air as a getaway spot. Okay. And Chris, Indianapolis, big city. What 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 kinds of things are we missing? Well, I'll tell you what, ESPN's number one movie of all time is Hoosiers. And uh, Plump's Last Shot in Broad Ripple, David Letterman's neighborhood, is a bar <clears throat> pub owned by Bobby Plump, the man who hit the shot in 1954 to inspire the movie Hoosiers. And it's alive and well. You can sit outside. It's dog-friendly. He's there a couple nights a week to tend the bar and talk about the famed shot. I, I was with him last week, and it's just a special treasure. And, and that's... That's one thing, and I, I will get nostalgic for a moment. And as a kid growing up, we used to run up and down Mount Baldy and, and the dunes there up north. And um, our current golf family tradition is every fall, excuse me, every summer to escape to um, Brown County for a bed and breakfast. So I, I really think that uh, Indiana as a whole is just replete with all these attractions. And I bring that up to say that as Hoosiers, no matter where you're, you're living, mm -hmm. to explore your own state is something that's cost-effective, and, and, and there's so many different jewels and gems you probably haven't explored, and, and it's an easy way to get away for a long weekend. Mm -hmm. There are, uh, I know there, there are a lot of smaller communities in, in uh, Indiana, a lot of different places uh, around the state. Have you, have any of you uh, felt um, more of a drive towards some sort of rural, like uh, rural tourism. Um, you know, again, I, maybe it's just a sign of my age, but I know that, you know, when I, at one point in my life, it was, well, you go to the beach or you go to a big city and you see a lot of things that you wouldn't normally see. But now I'm really eager to go to some of the smaller communities and see things that are sort of authentic and unique. One thing that's been really popular for us, we have a covered bridge loop, and it takes in, I think it's about eight different counties. Um, that's been really popular. People will come, and that's exactly what they want to do. They kind of want to go to the small towns and see what southern Indiana is about, so that's a nice way to do it. Mm -hmm. No offense, Chris. I think, small, <laughs> I think small towns are in. They're hip. People crave that authentic experience where you can go see a uh, a mom and pop. And, and one thing that I, I think kind of frustrates me, at least, is that Indiana as a whole, whether it's Indianapolis or any of those on the phone, uh, farm to fork, farm to table, we've been doing that as a, as a um, uh, state for years. We just didn't have this catchy name. And so <laughs> I firmly believe that there's no better place to get farm to table, farm to fork than in the state of Indiana. So our visitors hone in on that. And agricultural tourism is, is big and it's hot. And the fact that we have these agriculturally rich soils surrounding our cities and municipalities uh, we play to that in the tourism industry, and, and we could go on and on, each of us, on the, on the quality of food that our destinations offer visitors. And, and I think uplifting that and, and, and promoting that is something that's, that's uh, appropriate for us to do because it, you know, food does drive tourism, and, and um, it's a big motivator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good point and one that I, I also wanted to expand on a little bit. It does seem like there's such a, an interest in food and you know, there, we went through a period of time where you know, there were new fast food chains opening all the time, and now there's a real emphasis on slow food or local food, and as you said, you know, the the farm to food kind of kind of movement. And you know, so how how does that factor into you know to the whole um, strategy of of tourism and trying to convince people to come to your community, Aaron? Oh, um, kind of a big question. It is, but. Um, <laughs> I always think, when I think of slow food and farm to fork, I think of people like Jeff Meese, uh, one of the owners of One World Enterprises, Lenny's, BBC, um, Pizza X, and just their whole story of, of how they have gardens out at Loesch Farm, and they they grow their food, and then they bring it into their restaurant, and then they compost the food to take back to the, you know, just the whole cycle is really is really neat, and and having the vineyards and the beautiful vistas at uh, Creek Bend Vineyard that's owned by Oliver Winery is is amazing. Also, um, it's I'm even you know you talk about the slow food and and just getting those craft food dishes. I think that food trucks have really kind of reignited that opportunity for people to experience uh, food that's made right in front of them, freshly prepared. You don't have heating lamps and all these warmers that restaurants have inside a small little truck, mm -hmm. uh, so you know that your food is fresh and um, just you know going to Chocolate Moose on Fridays mm -hmm. for a food truck ride is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. you know? 
Okay. If you want to join our conversation today, we invite you to give us a call at uh, 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or 1-877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition, and you can follow us on Twitter at noon edition. We have representatives of Brown County and uh, Visit Bloomington and Visit Indy in the Northern Indiana Tourism Development Commission, and we're talking about tourism. If uh, you are from a community that you want to tout, you can feel free to give us a call, or if you have special things in any of these communities or others, please give us a call and and let us know. So I wanted to uh, talk again about, Chris, we talked about funding a little bit. Um, you know, what are the prospects for, um, you know, persuading the state, and I know this has been a, a long time battle, but persuading the legislature to uh, let loose more tourism dollars? Well, I think it's, it's what we talked about earlier, and, and <clears throat> tying this to jobs. So, for instance, in Indianapolis tourism, uh, we have 75,000 people who depend on tourism for a paycheck. They're depending on us to fill up the city with, with tourists. Um, that's grown, and five years ago we were at 66,000. So I think it's, it's incumbent on, on the tourism agencies to, to have the rally cry that tourism does generate jobs. It generates state sales tax for the General Assembly, and it's, it's not just icing on the cake. It's, it's, um, tourism is big business, and it, it also leads to quality of life. If a place or a city, you know, for instance, if, if Bloomington is a place that you want to visit, then chances are it's a place you want to work. So it, it also helps with talent attraction and talent retention. So it's, it's connecting those dots and, and letting our elected officials know that this isn't just warm and fuzzy, and, and it's not just about vacationing. There's the there's the business side of hosting meetings and conventions and generating uh, sales tax. So it's it's uh, but it's not an easy uh, easy uh, road to climb. Jane, what's the meeting uh, meeting business like in Brown County? Do you get a lot of meetings? You know what? We're starting to tap back into that. We saw a pretty major decline in it. Our motor coach business was our major business for a long time. It's when you go start thinking about groups. Um, but we are seeing, because of the, you know, our landscape started with all these amazing cabins, we're seeing things like corporate retreats, smaller meetings that people will come for a weekend or for, you know, through the week for a few days. And we're just now starting to see kind of an increase in meetings. I see a lot of motorcycles in Nashville, too. Everything on two wheels, from motorcycles, mountain bikes, skateboards, whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. Okay. Actually, there's a large group. We get a lot of more like um affinity groups. We have a, a large motorcycle group that will be coming in here in just a, a few weeks. And that was nice because they contacted us because they were willing to pay for a non-for-profit to cook them all breakfast. So that's how tourism definitely gives back to the community. And Aaron, I know you're, a lot of your uh, work is involved with convention and convention planning for Bloomington, Monroe County. And, and uh, there's always a discussion here, it seems like, about to expanding the convention center. So how important is the convention business to, to our community? It's definitely one of the top three things that we focus on, you know, leisure travelers, sports <clears throat> events, and, and convention travel. Personally, I think it's very important. <laughs> uh, it's uh, It's been really exciting, though. Bloomington's added 500 hotel rooms to the downtown inventory in the last year. Um, so we've really been able to service more groups with offering larger hotel blocks. Um, and, and to me, that, that means that there, there is an opportunity to potentially um, – work on a on a convention center expansion not something i really want to talk too much about but um well, we'll but do just being able to show on that i know right host yeah. host more meetings but with those new hotels that have opened there's meeting space inside those hotels so it's given us the opportunity to focus on more corporate retreats or smaller seminars or um more just small groups mm -hmm. um but you get more small groups in and and those make a, a big difference um to the to the end result yeah and chris you can i mean you can attract the biggest of the big right in indy we are now 78 percent of all conventions that are offered in the united states we now have the physical space and hotel capacity to to bid to host that doesn't mean we're going to mm -hmm. win all of those because again it's it, we're competing viciously with other major cities but yeah we, we do have the place and space to to do that, no, that's double-edged sword. It means we we have to, you know, we we, we have uh, 33,000 hotel rooms in the MSA, and we have to keep those full. And uh, uh, it's 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 hard to keep. You know, our our convention center runs at about 65% occupancy, which is healthy. But in a perfect world, you're at 100%, and 
And uh, you know, our ability to keep growing that number is, is, is uh, adding to jobs and workforce. So I have to ask, if you're, you could host 78% of the conventions, I mean, what kind of a convention is too big to come to Indy? There are mega uh, Vegas-style shows that uh, will be consumer electronics or gotcha. um, technology-based firms that literally have so many trade show booths we couldn't even begin to fit them, and, and uh, those are really the the Vegas and McCormick Place, Chicago's convention center, is the largest in the nation. So they they get a lot of those uh, big trade shows as well. Okay, gotcha. All right, so we got about ten minutes to go. If you want to give us a call, you still have time. Eight eight one two eight five five zero eight one one in Bloomington or one eight seven seven. Two eight five nine three four eight, and you can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition and you can follow us on twitter at noon edition okay so it's uh we're just coming up on the first of june so we really are hitting the the season so in uh, you know, thinking about june in northern indiana robbie so you know what would be the number one attraction you would invite people to come to oh wow uh, to pick one well, let's go. Right now, actually, All right, this pick weekend, seven again. <laughs> City, um, we have the Maple City Grand Prix boat races, which are these high-powered uh, boats that are getting over 100 miles an hour. can turn on a dime. Um, it's a real festival activity. Um, it's They have block parties, free, uh, free admission, free to park. It's just a big party in Michigan City. They have it every year. Um, they also have another one in late August. But, uh, yeah, the, Mich- the Maple City one is going on right now, and it uh, will finish on Sunday. But a lot of our festivals uh, coming up, and, like, Shipshawana is famous for their flea market where a bunch of the handcraft artisans uh, stuff is sold there, and that's always a big draw that's on Wednesdays and Thursdays for the rest of the summer. Uh, so we just have a lot going on uh, coming up this summer. Uh, let me ask about Shipshawana because, I, frankly, I've never been there, but I've always heard it uh, compared a little bit to Nashville. Is that true, Jane? Uh, Shipshawana, actually, the <laughs> population is just around 200. Okay. But they receive over several million visitors a year, and it just has a lot of unique shops. It's all very con- uh, concentrated, all very easily walked. And it's just right in the heart of Amish country. You're going to be have buggy lanes and everything. It's uh, it's just a really unique place. It's just a really quaint town, and it's just really well put together. Okay, Jane, I didn't mean to you know compare you like that. No, I, I think you made a great comparison. We're just minus the buggies. <laughs> we don't have the Amish. <laughs> right. Okay, so June in Brown County. June what? in Brown County yeah. is really exciting. The, the 49th annual Bill Monroe's Bluegrass Festival. Next year they'll be celebrating their 50th, so that's always a big draw uh, for us. Uh, the mountain bike industry is ever so popular. There's a nice uh, Midwest Women's Mountain Bike Clinic. Uh, you can learn to come out and mount, mountain bike with no experience, and you don't have to have a bike. They can set you up with all of that. Um, and our retail scene is changing. Um, we have a lot of new shops, a lot of attraction uh, for men's. We have a men's toy shop. We have mountain bike rental stores. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, we've got a Buckshot Sporting Goods and Apache Tactical. So we've got uh, two places now that are, are selling guns as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the festival season just keeps going on and on. Uh, new for this year in June, too, we've got Arts Village Cinefest. And that is, uh, it'll be five films with two art workshops. So we're really excited about that. Okay. We're going to get to the other two of you in a minute. But we have uh, Peter from Terre Haute is on the line. Peter? Hi. Uh, real good program, a lot of good information, uh, but I don't drive anymore. I'm 81 and, uh, and would like to visit all these places. But what I think would be useful if you guys could uh, have uh, information like of commercial tours or tours run by uh, non-governmental organizations to all these places, in Indiana for Indianans because I, I, I like how you've gone to some of these restaurants and uh, Bloomington and uh, um, wineries and all kinds of tours. We're going up the north and uh, exploring different places, and I'm sure there's uh, a lot of uh, tours that would be interesting to young people to go to the different beaches, include a winery tour, and just what commercial opportunities uh, or other programs that you guys might even 
design. I don't know if that question's clear or not. Well, I think I think I, I think your point's really clear. Um, I'm, I'll open it up to the panel. We don't have any, anybody from the State Department of Tourism here that might be able to help with that, but. Aaron? Uh, AAA Hoosier Motor Club. Um, I know I've worked with them to help create itineraries with Bloomington as a destination. So that might be a good resource for you to check into. Um, there is another company that I'm familiar with, Turner Motor Coaches, and I believe, believe that they also provide various types of tours around the state of Indiana and even outside of Indiana, um, just exactly as you were describing. So those would be two good resources to check out um, right now. But um, anyone else I would be interested to know mm-hmm. as well. Chris, do you know okay. anything? Yeah, I would tell you I, I wholeheartedly agree with AAA Hoosier Motor Club. They really have <clears throat> some nice packages and, and some step-on, step-offs where you could board a motor coach and uh, along with the Turner uh, to, to, to tour the Midwest and, and with like-minded people and, and demographics uh, to step on and off. And, and uh, I'm just glad to hear that, Pete, you have a interest to, to keep touring. And we need you. To, we need to do a better job of making it easy for you to to uh, to see your, your home state here and, and get out and explore. So I think we'll we'll need to take that that idea back to our state tourism folks to see how we can um, uh, complement that. But my guess is, Peter, if you wanted to call any of these uh, four people on our radio program today, they would help you get to, you know, one or more of these destinations. So, Absolutely. And would you guys ever think of talking to uh, the hotels, especially these new hotels like in Bloomington, uh, if they would sponsor tours? where uh, you could go to the wineries and uh, features around their area, and Bloomington especially, and Brown mm-hmm. County, and then wind up for an evening at their place and things like that. I think that might be attractive. Or uh, up north along the uh, Elkhart and around there, the Amish country, I think uh, that's... Uh, I think there's a lot of possibilities. Okay, Peter. Th- thanks. We appreciate it very much. It's a really good idea. We're running out of time. I want to give Aaron 15 seconds. And I want to give Chris, uh, <laughs> I want to give Chris 15 seconds. Something in June in Bloomington. Taste uh, of Bloomington? Taste of Bloomington, but Limestone Comedy Festival okay. next weekend. Uh, Janine Garofalo, Michael Chi, um, amazing Com- comedians from all over the country, people you see on Saturday Night Live at a variety of venues all weekend long. Check it out, limestonecomedyfest.com. Okay, Chris. I tell you what, we have koalas and orangutans at our zoo. The koalas just swung into town, and it's a really neat exhibit here uh, downtown as part of White River State Park. All right, so we're all going to be going doing a lot of traveling here soon. All right, I want to thank uh, our guests today, uh, Jane Ellis, Aaron Erdman, Chris Gall, and Robbie Barris for producer Lacey Scarmana and Alexander McCall and engineer Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Bob Salzberg. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from School of Public Health Bloomington, Public Health Reimagined, addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life. publichealth.indiana.edu.